Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin! Budo! Congratulations to your Memphis Grizzlies, number one seed. Just had to let you know. Congrats. The first place Memphis Grizzlies. I was there last night to watch them take on <laughs> the Milwaukee Algonquin for the Goodland Bucks, and... <laughs> there have not been competitive games recently. I can't tell you, Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I can't tell you the less competitive basketball game that I went to. I really can't. It was dominance every single quarter. Every quarter. Well, and Grizzly fans have kind of been jumping on me because I was like, you know, I'd like to see a good game every once in a while. I'm, I'm happy. Look, I, I much prefer this <laughs> to the alternative. But, like, you want to see guys, like, in the moment, you know, pushed. And oh, yeah. they just – they haven't played competitively because they've just been so amazing, which is – It was 33 to 18 in the first quarter. 37 to 23 in the second quarter. It, was, it wasn't even close. And then, the, then they crushed them again in the third. They scored 47 points in the third quarter. It's <laughs> insane. I mean, that's, that's when it's like, okay, come out and make a game of this, right? Typically, the NBA, yes. it's a game of runs. The run was always the Grizzlies. It was yeah. a 15 to 2 run, and then it was an 11 to 2 run. And then it was, at one point, they were up 50 on the Milwaukee Bucks. They were up 50 points last night in that game. Um, and I just saw Kirk Goldsberry this morning put out his efficiency landscape 
And over the course of the last 10 games, they have won nine of 10. Um, they're obviously on a seven-game win streak. Uh, they are number one in net rating. They are number three offense. They are number two in defense. And they good. have been doing it without their starting shooting guard who was averaging 25-5-5 when he went out in Desmond Bain. They still have not played one game or a minute, in fact, with what would be their starting lineup this season. Um, and Morant's missed games. Jaron's missed games. Uh, there's been a there's been a bunch of missed games, and and it hasn't it hasn't made any difference uh, this year thus far. They have been rocking, and it was it looked like the Pelicans were still going to hold that first place spot, and I got done, and thank God the game got done, and I was able to watch the fourth quarter and overtime of. Pelicans versus wait, Jazz. Wait, no, no, no. Let's let, wait, wait. We got to talk about Stephen Adams, Chris. Oh, you want to talk wait, about? We can't Adams? move on yet, dude. Adams was incredible last night. We got to talk about him. Like he, the defense he played against Giannis, like right out of the gate, there was a play in the early in that first quarter. Giannis drove right at Adams. It was like a right to left, right, and then then he did his spin back to the right, and he bumped Adams hard. But Adams kind of like tilted his body, took the blow with his left arm, and didn't move at all once. And it was like Giannis, <laughs> it was like Giannis was like, okay, it's gonna be that type of night. He immediately passes out, and it was like that all game long. Block transition, blocked him in the half court. Giannis couldn't do anything against Steven Adams. It, like never mind, like he rebounds hard screens. You know, he got Jago into the basket. I I just I I just had to give some love to Steven Adams after that performance well, last night. He played incredibly against Giannis. Yeah, I was, uh, trust me, I wasn't moving on from that game. Well, I was I just mentioning like you were moving on. I just well, no, we, we got to talk just, about Adams. I was just mentioning that there were two games going on, uh, and I was able to see the second <laughs> one. Regarding the first one, look, they build this wall against Giannis. You've got Dylan Brooks running watch. around with Middleton. Middleton looks shell of himself right now. He is nowhere near back. Well, um, what was that play last night, dragging Dylan Brooks? Where he down? grabbed that wasn't him. Cool. Oh, that wasn't well, nice. Dylan Brooks gets under everybody. I mean, he he can really test your metal where <laughs> you start to get very annoyed very quickly. Um that being the Grizzlies said, fans love Steven Adams. Is he like a, a oh my unsung God. hero, fan favorite type? Like, oh my! Kid, like, is, is yes. it cool when people have an Adams jersey on? Yes, people love Adams, and it's yeah. crazy because we hated Stephen Adams. Oh yeah, hated him. We hated Stephen Adams because one of the most famous moments in Grizzlies history was during the Durant Westbrook years. Played a big playoff series against them, and Zebo hit Steven Adams and they suspended him for game seven. They suspended the best player on the team for game seven of the NBA playoffs. And so he, his name was Mud. We hated Steven Adams. And then <laughs> Steven Adams ends up in Memphis and he is, oh, could not be more beloved. I don't know if you saw the quote the other day. He was on some podcast and he said, "What they they asked him, what do you implement to your young 
you know, the young players on the team. And he said, you know, he says mate after everything. We can't even put him on walk-off interviews because he F-bombs every time. <laughs> he loves the last the night would have been a, a good one. Yeah. A good one to have him. On I know you can't do it. He'll he'll just do it. It's just the way he talks, <laughs> right? So gotta gotta protect those kids. Oh no, he's the best. Well, it's crazy because he's the one teaching these kids how to live right. When he walks off the court, people will be like, <laughs> "Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams, can I have an autograph?" And he'll go, "Nope." And they'll go, "Can I have an autograph?" Nope. And then the, one kid will go please. And he'll go, yep. And then all the other kids will go, please, please, please. He makes you say, please. I saw a clip about that recently with him saying, say, please. So anyways, he's asked about what he implements to the young players. He starts telling this story. I'm not even going to do the accent. He starts telling this story about how I try to implement to them what Nick Collison once told me. Oh, And Nick Collison was a spirit animal of the Oklahoma City Thunder when Steven Adams was very young. He said, I have a tendency to overthink the game. I think so much. And Nick Collison said, stop thinking. This game is less about that than it is cock and balls. <laughs> this is what he says on the podcast. And everybody's like, what? The game is about cock and balls. <laughs> like that should be like you know those like successories posters did you did you guys ever have those or you saw them? you remember that place at the mall yeah. would be like motivational quotes about. with like a yeah, mountain or whatever yeah there should be like yeah. one of those motivational quotes like a mountain and then it says the game comes down to cock and balls and then like the little dash nick collison it's an unbelievable <laughs> quote motivational to say Good the quote. least yeah motivational to I mean, say the not, least he's not wrong He's Look, not wrong. Play, playing against Giannis requires that. That's for damn sure. I'm going to say this. The Bucs obviously didn't have it last night. No, many times, not at all. Many times I will come on the show and I will tell you about things that I gleaned covering Hubie Brown many, many years ago. And one of the things that's always stuck in my mind, and people, all fans, can keep this in their mind, and you can decide whether it's bogus or not, but this, there's a lot of wisdom to it I have found over the years. And Hubie Brown used to say, there's five games a year where it doesn't matter what your X's and O's are, motivation, coaching. Your team's got it. You're winning that night. End of story. And there's five games a year where you're going to get run out of the gym. You just don't have it. He said, it's the other 72 that are going to make the difference. And so sometimes when you see these extreme outlier performances, I am able to think back to that, whether they are good or bad, and say to myself, this is one of the five. This is one of the five. Like, you're just, you ain't got it. You're getting killed tonight. Or you, it doesn't matter who you were playing. You could be playing the 96 Bulls. You're winning tonight. Mm. And I think there was a, I, I think, a perfect storm of probably one of the Grizzly games and probably one of the Bucks games. and also. The Taylor Jenkins angle to this is very, very real. If there's anybody no in the it. if there's anybody yeah. in the free world that you would want to draw up the game plan to make the Bucks life misery, it would be Taylor Jenkins, who has been with Bud since Atlanta, was part of that Milwaukee team. 
He knows, help develop all those players. He knows every single player, what they do, what they want to do. And he knows everything about Bud's system, both offensively and defensively. And so if and I were, all of Giannis's tendencies too, because it wasn't yeah. just Adams that did it, like Aldama did a good job, Clark did an okay job too. All of I them. mean, those guys, you know, collectively did well building a wall against Giannis. Yes, and so you've got that angle to it also. And, and the Grizzlies have been playing out of their minds. I mean, they have been playing out of their minds, and so Milwaukee just kind of ran into a buzzsaw last night. I don't, I don't, and they, I don't and they, and they missed shots, think, right? Like they just missed some shots too, right? Missed like, that's a lot part of it. Six. 13 of 50 from three. Yes. 13 of 50. Yeah. That, like that, that's obviously a huge component when you're forcing Giannis to pass out of those drives. And like I mentioned, the, the, the one a couple minutes into the game when Adams just didn't move on the Giannis drive. Like if Lopez hits that three and it's a night where they're 25 of 50, I mean, well, it's a different story. I've, but, and I've but, heard but, a lot. But the, proce- the process was sound, though. And the individual efforts, they did everything they had to do. There's been an uptick in the uh, Brooke Lopez's modern-day Hakeem Olajuwon uh, rim protection level. Um, and I know that NBA.com... Josh got right by him. Came, Zoom, multiple times. Kevin, they had 86 points in the paint. 86! 86! I think it was late second quarter, maybe the last play of the half, where Ja had that screen set for him, like near half court. And... Brooke was like in a drop coverage, like at the three point line, because the screen was set out so so far away from the basket, and Ja just like just bursted right past him, and that happened multiple times throughout the game. It was it was crazy. I mean, Brooks an awesome defender, and he belongs in the the DPOI conversation. Uh, but yeah, Ja Ja and the Grizzlies got to the rim at will last night for sure. And I thought I figured surely eighty six is the most anybody has scored in the paint this year, and then. I went and looked at it, and it was actually a few nights ago. That crazy ass Jokic game. The oh wow! Denver, Denver had over ninety in the paint. That game that wow. Jokic went like seventeen for twenty or whatever it was. <laughs> I mean, his box score from the other night is video game. It's beyond video game. You can't go seventeen for twenty. Yeah. You're gonna miss four shots. Jokic, I mean, we'll talk, maybe we'll, might as well bring it up now. The Bontemps, the MV, MVP straw poll thing came out. Uh, Jokic was fifth on that. I'm not going to argue with MVP rankings. I really don't care at this point so early. Um, but Jokic still being in the top five and beat at number 10. I wonder if there's a little bit of voter fatigue there with the number one and two the last two years. But with Jokic, I think he's, I think he's probably better now than he was the last two seasons. I think he's he's dominating near the rim, taking more shots at the rim than ever before, which speaks to your point there about them dominating in the paint. He's shooting like almost 80% at the rim right now. He's well over 60% from like floater range right outside, you know, uh, uh, the restricted area. He's just not shooting from three-point range or as many deep mid-rangers as often anymore. Like this guy is... He's he's gets to the rim much differently than a Giannis, but he is equally as dominant, if not more dominant, at the basket than Giannis is. It's just yeah, I, I just think Jokic is he's probably not going to win MVP because of the voter fatigue aspect. But I mean, this dude is still one of the one or two or three best players in basketball. Absolutely amazing to say the least. And so the Grizzlies did move into first place because 
in the late game, which was the Pelicans versus the Jazz, the Jazz were able to win that game. Oddly, it's one of those things where you go back and look throughout the season and you're like, what was the deal there? Those teams played now three games against each other before Christmas, and Utah has just mm. had their number. They end up sweeping the season series and beating the Pelicans uh, three zip. And last night, great game, great, great game that came down to Pelicans are up by five. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was unbelievable. Uh, uh, he was so good last Lori night. Laurie Markinen hit some huge shots. And Larry Nance had one of the great game-saving blocks you will ever see. For anybody that didn't see the game, this Will Hardy had a couple of out-of-timeout plays that were just spectacular. And with two seconds left, they get a chance at the game winner. They throw this lob <laughs> to Markinen. He gets a good look. Larry Nance blocks it. They call a goaltend. So the game's going to be over. It's the game winner. And then they go and review it. They come back and they say, nope, no goaltend. Clean block. We're going to overtime. Then, And this is after, you know, McCollum has just hit this three to tie the game before Markin and got the chance to win it. Then they go to overtime and the Jazz end up winning that game. Mike Conley, some unbelievable defense on McCollum at the very end. Um, but those teams played really good games uh, against each other. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, and I know uh, I know you've been effusive in your praise about the Pelicans, and I do wonder if it will show up down the road, which is, you see this team in Utah, and some of the success that they have had is they take a ton of threes. I mean, a ton. And they can make them, too. You know, when we talked about this, like the, some of the surprising teams that we've seen thus far this year, and we, we've talked about this before, Indiana, Utah specifically, these are amongst the top teams in the NBA in three-point attempts. And they make them. Um, the Pelicans don't take threes. If they're not dead last, they're like second to last. I mean, I think it's, I don't know after last night, but it was like them and the Bulls. 28th, 28th okay. in three-point rate. Uh, 30 is Chicago, 29 is Atlanta, okay. 28 is New Orleans. Yeah, and they uh, they don't take threes. And so sometimes just the trading threes for twos can make it for a difficult task down the stretch of some of these games because they really don't take threes at, a, at nearly the rate. Now, the other side of that is they're amazing from two. Right. And that's why their record has been so great so far this year. But you're going to get into these variance games where one of these teams is shooting 40 something threes against you. And the night they hit a bunch, it's a big problem. And the night they don't, because you're not, you're not even close to matching these teams from the three point line. And I do wonder when it gets to playoff time, right? Is somebody going to be able to just say, all right. We're gonna play it. Yeah, go ahead. If you wanna, if you, you wanna try to shoot us out of this because they don't, they don't space it like a lot of teams do, because they don't have to space it like a lot of teams do. I mean, their go-to plays are Zion down the stretch going at the basket, and I, I, I didn't love the guy in college. Man, Walker Kessler can make some defensive plays now. 
He is a big I, I tree he, in there. I mean, I mean, he kind of he helped win the game for him. Of course, Walker he did. Kessler did. They they put him in the game with I think four twenty seven left yep. in the third quarter, and he played all but twelve seconds through the rest of the third and the fourth and overtime. Like they subbed him out with twelve seconds left in the game because of offense defense. But that's it. He he played every other minute, and like his defense down the stretch against Zion deterring him from getting right at the rim, forcing him into tough layups or kickouts. Yeah, like it. Like he he looked like Rudy Gobert out there for Utah, right? And like they <laughs> they had and he wasn't defending Zion. He was defending usually Larry Nance. Yep. So like think about how Boston has Horford and Time Lord, right? Robert Williams would be that guy in the off ball help position. Hardy essentially did what Boston did with Robert Williams and used Walker Kessler in that role where he was helping off of Nance to deter Zion from getting at the basket. And it, like, it, was, it was highly effective down the stretch of that game. I, I, was, I mean, look, Utah had, you mentioned Jordan Clarkson, the shot-making, Lowry Markinen, the shot-making, Kessler were talking about his defense, and then Mike Conley, some of the playmaking from him down the stretch. Utah has just got so many good players, from their rookies to their old veterans and Conley. There's a vibe and energy. Uh, you even get it from like Bowler Jack when he's announcing the game. Like they're just in love with how oh, yeah. hard the team plays, and like there's a spirit about them. And let me just say this: you know, no demerit on the Pelicans because they are not the only ones. Earlier this year, I saw Memphis go there to Utah. Same scenario where they play two games. A lot of these teams go to Utah and then they just knock out both games, right? Yeah. And you go there and you get your ass kicked. I mean, Memphis went there and lost twice too. You you look at the top two seeds in the Western Conference are Memphis and New Orleans right now. Both of those teams went to Utah, played two consecutive games against that team and lost both of them. Wow. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, you know that's I mean? something else. I mean, yeah. it's not just Utah beating the crap out of the Detroits of the world and the Houstons of the world. Like, the two best teams in the Western Conference went there, and they're 4-0 in those games. <laughs> that's pretty unbelievable. And it, it, What a you know story. What, like, you know what their record is with Mike Conley? 13-7. and seven. They're 13 and 7 in games that Conley plays. He can't score the way he used to, but man, that guy can still play make. He can still create offense for others. Like that savvy play. Yeah, he had where he, he drew uh, the no, foul on the, Trey Murphy on the on the moving screen. He it's just yep. like all this. It's the little stuff. It is. The shot he created for Clarkson with like a minute 30 left where he was isolating and they attack Zion a lot. He's isolating against Zion, draws a help defender. And it just creates a perfect open opportunity for Clarkson. It was the little things like that. And yeah, he's he's still a good player, man. Just can't yeah. score. I mean, like I miss I miss Prime Conley when he did all of these things and he scored a bunch. But uh it's cool to see him still settling that offense, right? Like I think that's why like they have that record, like you said, with him in the lineup. He just settles that offense down in ways nobody else can. Well, and I know it's their hashtag, but I mean like we truly do need to take note. Because they don't just win against teams that they should be better than or some of their yeah. peers. They win against the best teams. 
you know, and super impressive, super impressive because they were one of those that we chalked up as not one of the teams that was going to be involved. We, that was the way, the race for Wemby we thought might go through Utah with Danny Ainge there now. And, you know, when you, when you ship off Donovan Mitchell, when you ship off Rudy Gobert and you make those moves and you're just throwing a bunch of guys together that have never played together and a coach who has never been a head coach, it's mega impressive what's going on there. It really is. And, you know, it's a hard place to play anyway because you, you can't breathe. You know, the first, it's 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 always been a difficult place to play. I've never been there. Have you been there? Yes, to Utah? I've been. I haven't yeah. experienced that. And you you feel that too? Oh, God. I mean, it, like, there's even two like things. Doing non, non, like even if you just go for a walk down the street. It 100% you takes it you a day to adjust. Yes. Really? So, yes. so I've never been there. I'll be there for All-Star Weekend, I, I think. I will too. Um, so, yeah. And so I yeah, look oh yeah, to I've, feeling I've been that. there twice. Uh, I've been there twice on vacations, and absolutely loved it. But there's two things: a, the breathing thing. It takes a minute. It take it, hmm. it, it. It's just a. It's an adjustment. Um, hmm. the second thing is, and you'll notice this when you're there. Everybody has like a massive water bottle with them. You get dehydrated fast. People, people just chug water all the time. Yeah, drinking water is no problem for me. I, no, I no, like no, no. But I mean, you have to. But you I have to. Through, yeah. it, you will notice that too. You'll become like parched in a way that you would not huh. normally like in your everyday life. Hmm. It's just thin air, man. Yeah, it's not. It's that's real. Uh, I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. A oh, beautiful, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I look I've been to, to uh, be nice. outside of Salt Lake City, Park City, Utah. I've been there twice, and it's amazing. I loved it. Um, in fact, it's my kids' favorite vacation we've ever been on. They loved it. I, they had never been around snow and mountains, though. So, in fairness, <laughs> that's a that was that was an experience. But the snow's nice to look at, not nice to live in all the time. Maybe not. Good for a vacation. That's not so. Yeah, good for vacation for sure. (laughs) Good for a vacation. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. One of the big stories that we've got to get to is the Steph Curry injury. So Mm -hmm. the other night they're playing against Indiana. Lucky for them, the story became more about the Steph Curry injury and how long he's going to be out than the fact that they lost to Indiana and their record on the road is just despicable so far this year. I mean, they can't beat anybody on the road and that's with Curry. They haven't been able to beat anybody on the road. Well, they got two wins, I think. I think they have two wins on the road um, so far this year and now they're going to have to do it without Steph Curry and 
really odd timeline with just the terming of it. It's like, and he'll be out a few weeks. Yeah, re reevaluated in two weeks. You're getting some Is that what nonsense that means? like that. that yeah. So. Oh, okay. Reevaluated in two weeks, which sucks because there was going to be a huge matchup, uh, a rematch of the playoffs where all the smoke came from between Memphis and Golden State on Christmas, and he's going to miss this. For what it's worth, Chris, Anthony Slater from The Athletic said the prevailing sense is that he'll end up missing three to four weeks. So it's it's a few weeks, you know, maybe it's two weeks he'll be reevaluated, but the prevailing sense is that it could be three to four weeks, which is really bad news for the Warriors. Really bad news. That gets you close to, you know, mid-late January, we're talking. They have play-in team? I mean, it, everything's so close and so flat in the standings in the West right now. It's it's hard to say, but how bad... They, how many games been, they winning without him? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, how far do you fall, right? They're 14 and 15 right now, and they have a... a it's, it's, a, it's a tough schedule coming up at Philly, at Toronto, at New York, who's been better defensively, at Brooklyn. They've been great. Then Memphis... Charlotte, Utah, Portland, Atlanta, Detroit, Orlando. There's some easy games in there, quote-unquote easy. Easy without Steph, I'm not so sure. Like, their offense has been horrific without Steph. They have an offensive rating of 99.9 without Steph, an offensive rating of 118.9 with Steph. Their defense is about the same, so they go from plus 7 to minus 11 with and without Steph. I mean, no, like you don't need the numbers to know they're not a good team without Steph and Curry, but like then you're talking about, well, Jordan Poole, maybe he slides into that lineup with Clay and Draymond and Wiggins once Wiggins comes back and Looney. That lineup of, you know, those five have not played together this season, really. So maybe that does well. But then what happens when you have, like, non-Pool minutes, right? Like, like it's it's a domino effect there where they they could really slide. They could really slide okay. here, Chris. If it, if it gets to, if it's two weeks he's out, I think it'll be okay. I'm going to throw you something. Three or four weeks? I don't know. I'm going to throw you something. Is there any chance they play better basketball? No. And on the surface, that sounds insane. Hold on. I told you, I am, like, sometimes these teams do, like, band together. They start now playing for the greater good. They start passing the ball around. I, no. Look, I, look no. I went through it last happen. year where, where Morant, yeah, that, Morant went out. That's totally. That's a totally different Taylor Jenkins system, totally different high, you know, a lot of pick and roll. It's totally different. The Steph Curry ecosystem, I mean, what are they going to do? Call up Wiseman and start running high pick and roll with Poole and Wiseman all game? No, it's not going to happen. I mean, you obviously have to do things differently, but you then. But they you, won't. But there's a lot less dependence on one guy, and everybody has to pick up the slack. No chance. They're going to no suck. No chance. You think they're just going to suck? They're going to suck this next month, yeah. <laughs> the numbers are terrible. The numbers are terrible. Yeah, you posted those, and I was like, oh, Lord. Was it yeah. 99? 99.9 offensive rating without Steph to 118.9 with Steph. I mean, that's a dramatic difference there i mean look look if this schedule let's say this gets to and here's the thing right it's a it's a shoulder injury 
no saying it'll 100% heal. It might always be like a little bit of a hindrance. And if Steph goes from, you know, this guy who is in the MVP conversation shooting the lights out to, you know, still shooting at a high level, but not 44% from three on 11 attempts per game. If he goes down to 39% or 38% because that shoulder injury is bothering him just a little bit, right? Like that makes a dramatic difference for your offense, that, that two or three or four percentage points on his three-point shot attempts per game. That all adds up over the course of time. So like th- this, this is a, obviously a major short-term problem, but you'd hope for the Warriors that he's able to come back healthy whenever that time comes sometime in January. But if not, like you just said it, Chris, Utah was the team everybody said would be like leading the Wemby sweepstakes for the light years ahead Warriors. Oh, come <laughs> on. <Steph> Stop. <laughs> I, you know what? And I don't want to rule out that they can play good basketball. Like, I, no, look, there's no I, way. No chance. I brought up last year's. Look. I watched Luka go out in the playoffs, and I thought a team was dead, dead. Next thing you know, Jalen Brunson ends up getting $100 million because of the way he performed, and they knocked out the Jazz without Luka. Here's what I'll say. If Jordan Poole plays the best basketball that he's ever played during the stretch, if he's fully empowered in that Steph role and he thrives with it, then yes, they can they can you I know, just tread saying, water. We maintain, have seen you know, Go 500. We've seen it without Morant. We've seen it without... Luca during the playoffs. We saw it with Kawhi a couple years ago. Now, most of those were against Rudy Gobert, but, you know, the that's neither here nor there. They losing players and the other guys banding together. Because, honestly, they have not been very good anyway this year. They're 14 no. and 15 with him. Now, and it, that, it could and go, now it could go horribly staff. wrong. I know. Could go horribly wrong. It's just... Guys start playing a little differently. And, and, and by the when way, they like, don't have that to bail them out, they start playing but, differently. But Chris, it's not just Steph, though. Like, Wiggins is out, and he's mm-hmm. not back yet. Draymond Green has a quad injury. He's questionable yeah. for tonight's game. If he's out for any amount of time, yeah. if Wiggins like isn't back to the guy who was putting up all-star numbers again, shooting the hell out of the ball, like, it's not just Steph. It's all of these factors, too, where, like... Who? Where is your offense going to come from? Like, where is where? Like, I, I just, I worry, I worry a lot for the Warriors this next stretch without Stephen Curry. It's going to get ugly. I think they're going to be incredibly bad. I don't think they're going to win many games over this these next eleven or so games, guaranteed without Steph. They might win three or four of them. Can and you imagine point, if, like, if we get LeBron Curry in the play-in? <laughs> oh, I know. If we yeah. get the Warriors in the. Le- if you looked, if you took a snapshot right now, I think it would it's be possible. fair to say it's very likely yeah. both of those teams are in the play-in. Yeah, you might get like Steph versus LeBron once again in the play-in, right? As you're nine and ten, and then you might get like I don't know the Clippers and the the Wolves or something like that, or the Clippers and Jazz. Dallas. Who knows how it shakes out? At Dallas, Luca maybe right? Luca, like the Mavs are the nine seed right now. But the thing is, is with the Warriors, right? Like, they're two up on the Lakers. Only two. All the talk all year long about how bad the Lakers were to start the season. They're only two games better than the Lakers right now. Like, I, I'd be willing to bet when Steph comes back, whenever it is, they will end up being probably in the 12 spot where they're not out of reach of the play-in. They're not in the dumpster, you know, near San Antonio or Houston. But, like, they'll be, like, right side-by-side side with OKC, who they're only up 
two and a half on right now. Like they could end up sliding to 13. It's very possible here over this next stretch. But OKC's slide is also starting. They've lost four in a row. They're not playing. They've begun their tanking as well. So I wouldn't expect them to catch OKC, but it's not going to be pretty for Golden State without Steph. That is for certain. And we have a uh, couple of huge games that are coming up this weekend. How about this? I I, I noticed, I do want to mention this, at the end of that uh, Utah Pelicans game last night, they mentioned the Pelicans are playing Phoenix this weekend. Yep, Saturday. I mean, that's three times in like a week that we are yeah. getting this matchup. These. No, I love this. I like it. I, I like Especially it Especially really because it keeps, it. it keeps all of that animosity fresh too. And mm-hmm. so now it's like, and okay. Then they, th- and then you won't get it again until the playoffs, potentially. Yeah. That's right. But they went and played season. some games but and now still. they're playing. But there's some really good yeah. ones uh, coming up this weekend. And we're going to get to see um, the that aforementioned Lakers team. They're playing against Jokic and the Nuggets coming up oh, tonight. That AD Warriors, versus Jokic. That'll that, be fun. That Warriors team is at Philly. So no rest for the weary uh, without Steph Curry. So we're going to get to see kind of what they look like. Um, those games are going on tonight, which is Friday night. And then on Saturday night um, is that Pelicans Suns game, which should be by the way, fantastic. That uh that Tuesday night Lakers Celtics game, that was awesome. Like I hope that Denver Lakers game tonight is as good. That that Celtics Lakers game was so damn fun. Yeah. The, the runs. Yeah. The runs yeah, that, that went crazy. on in that game were crazy. For sure. Nuts. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, There was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, so the Ringer has come out with their NBA ranks. Those all dropped since we last spoke. Yep, voted on by, by, by me, Rob Mahoney, Michael Pina, and Jake Kyleman. The top 100. Yes. You've got the top 100 rank, and you also have the league pass rank. Yeah, um, with Tyler Parker. Yeah. I've got a bunch of I got a bunch of thoughts on this. Which one do you want to start with? 
You pick. I don't care. You, you, you're you are the consumer. What stood out to you the most? I'll start with the NBA rank. Look, everybody's going to have strong opinions. This is, it's, it's a fool's errand to try to rank these players and then everybody's going to be mad. You can't rank them where people aren't going to be mad. Like that's, it's the way <laughs> it goes, okay? It's a perfect uh, list. Perfect yes. list. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> it, <A-plus>. it's, <laughs> I, the only thing is, as I was going through it, I'm not going to get mad about any of the rankings. No, feel free. You're okay. It's okay to get mad. I was perplexed. I'm as, mad about some of the rankings, Chris. I'm mad, and I was one of the four who voted on them. I would just, I, the only thing that perplexed me is there were a lot of times where I'm looking at the list, and I'm going, okay, is this supposed to be for right now? Is this for right now? And are we giving them credit for what they have done in the past? Or are we just evaluating them on the 25 games this year and what we think they are right now and discounting things that they have done in the past? Because there is absolutely no way you can have C.J. McCollum behind Devin Vassell. I mean, that is just Oh, trust me. It's ridiculous. That's something I've argued about, too. It's like, why is CJ at 69, but Zach Levine's at 40? It's absurd. Well, look, there's guys on here that have been given credit for their past performance. Chris Middleton, he sucked this year. So are we judging this year? Are we judging now? Because if we're judging now, or Kawhi, Kawhi at thirty, Kawhi at thirty, Chris Paul at fifty, like I don't get why why some of the criteria applied to those guys to give them the bump, but like a Harden, sixty nine, Levine, I don't get. Uh, it's like they all got me. credit for what they have been <laughs> rather than what they are. Go bear even, but. But but here's the thing, Chris. I think this is this is the magic in it. Is oh, the four of us all have slightly different philosophies approaches, criteria, traits that we like, right? And things that we're looking for, where this is where it shakes out, where like, I didn't have Evan Mobley at 43. I think Mobley's way too high. I think Bancaro, I love Bancaro. I think he's way too high at 55. Like having Bancaro ahead of the guy who just won Defensive Player of the Year and is a great playmaker and Marcus Smart, or ahead of, you know, like you just mentioned, C.J. McCollum. It's like, it's just... I think some of the young well, guys are too high and some of the past performance is, you know, a little... And even like Kyrie at 66, I understand that he's a complicated guy and all that, but... He's I not the 66th be best player in the no, NBA. Ky- That's Ky- Kyrie, Zach Levine at 41 is is kind of the... Or 40 is where Zach Levine is. It's the name I look at where, like, Kyrie Irving needs to be ahead of Zach Levine. Well, look, you had, like, Middleton, Levine, Kawhi, Harden, like, some of these guys who obviously got credit for what they have been rather than what they've been so far this season, and then other ones that were greatly penalized for what they have been this season, which are McCollum, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson. I mean, come on. Chris Paul. Clay's too high. Clay's too low, too. I argued for Clay to be higher. Chris Paul, Um, in the spring, all right, if, if we remember, that game six against New Orleans, he was 14 of 14 from the field. <laughs> like, that happened in a playoff game less than six months ago. Like, what are we doing here? Like, you can't tell me that if we're p- 
picking teams to play a game tonight. Chris Paul is that far down somebody's list of who they think the best players are. And, and the same yeah. goes with there are other guys that are the young guys that have already p- shown that when it gets hard, when teams are planning against you, they can perform. Anthony Edwards, too low. I Tyler agree Hero is too low. Tyler Hero has had totally big agree. playoff games. Like totally Anthony agree. Edwards has had big playoff games. Heroes had you big know who's playoff too high? games. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns is too high at 25. I mean, there's just some of these guys that haven't done dick. They haven't yeah. won anything and they haven't performed in the playoffs at all. And it's like, so what am I judging here? And, and I agree with you. Look how far Jimmy Butler is down. Tell me that you don't want Jimmy Butler on your what, team. What, what's wrong? But Butler at 16, how high would you put Butler? SG, SGA, I think, is t- probably too high at 12. That's like premature. But Butler at 16, I, I don't have a huge issue with Butler at 16. If we're starting the playoffs tomorrow, how many guys do you want ahead of Jimmy Butler? There ain't 15. There ain't I mean, 15 listen, guys like, you want ahead of listen, him. Listen, 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 this, this list, see, I'm glad we're having this discussion. I'm glad like we can talk about it openly, me being part of it and having a voice in it. I personally think that's the approach. Ranking these guys based off of how you would want to rank them in the postseason. Who are the most valuable players winning 16 games? Who are the most valuable, quote-unquote, 16-game players? Because that really... That really narrows the criteria. It factors in past performance more heavily, right? Even though you're factoring in recent performance and projecting ahead for guys like SGA, you're seeing Chris Paul look like he declined. That matters. Like, the recent stuff does matter. But to your point, Chris, I think that would really clarify things in terms of how these guys stack up and how the four of us, or if anybody else ends up voting in the future, how we are ranking these guys up. Because I think right now, to your point, you're 100% well, right. Look, and, and if that's my, if that's the way I'm ranking them, I'm looking at it like, all right, I got to I gotta go into the playoffs. Who do I want? I'm taking C.J. McCollum over Carl Towns every day. Uh, I, I've watched C.J. McCollum walk into Denver and literally rip their hearts out. Like, win the series I, on the road. And I've watched Carl Towns have, like, Four points and six fouls. Forget, like, the Devin Vassals. I mean, that's just... Uh, no offense to him. That is so offensive to have C.J. McCollum behind Devin Vassal. C.J. McCollum should be ahead of Carl Towns. You know, Jimmy Butler is... If we're having a playoff game tomorrow, these guys like Paul, these guys like McCollum, these guys like Butler, they're made men, in my opinion. And they're, they they have gotten placed behind. Do you think I want Chris Paul tomorrow night or Brooke Lopez tomorrow night? I mean, that's insane. You, you know what I'm going to do, Chris? It, it maybe maybe like we keep the the top 100 as is, right? Like like with the way it's different criteria, different approaches. Because I, th- I think that it's the same thing for like MVP voting and all that, right? Like every voter has a different approach. Yep. So I think that's not a bad thing, right? Where it does create like these questions that we have, but it's not a bad thing. Maybe what I should do is pitch my editor, Justin Barrier, where I do like a, a top 50 or a top 70 playoff players list where it's like just mine. You know who to criticize. 
you can poke holes at my rankings. Just you know what I mean, like that type of thing. And then because like Pete, like Pete, Pete, Pete has got his top five playmakers list on there as well, which I love. We'll talk about Tyler Parker's league pass rankings. We're gonna be adding more and more and more and more over the uh, coming months. Look, this is how I would do it. Just my opinion, and this is how I view it when we're talking about this stuff. Let's say we go out to the park and we're playing a game, right? And now we're picking teams. You're going to put together, and regardless of position, you're picking your team, I'm picking my team, okay? And we're going to play a playoff game. We're going to play like a high-stakes game. I got to win it. I'm trying to win yeah. this game. And now we start picking off this uh, off the wall. Just one after it's to another. save the world. You're picking your players yeah, to, to save, save the, the world. Planet. Like that type of thing. <laughs> I mean, I would even, like, Zion ain't going, what was he, 11th? Uh, he was too low. If we're picking teams, he ain't going 11. Zion was 15, which is way too low. Okay. I argued for him to be higher, too. Look, ain't no chance between, like, if it's just me and you picking <laughs> on a wall, we're like, yeah. all right, we got to win tomorrow. <laughs> You're not, you think I mean, he lasts I love, to 15? I love Pascal Siakam with all my heart. Oh I'm not my picking God. him ahead of Zion. I love, I'm not picking playoff P Paul George ahead of Zion. Oh I my love God. Paul. Like, Look, Paul George, good player, you know, like you're here, you're, you're great, but I'm not picking you ahead of Zion if to the, save look, the world. If the world <laughs> depended on uh, Pascal Siakam, he'd spin move us to hell. <laughs> you break. You break. <laughs> oh, Straight man. to the abyss. This is where we head out. Yeah. All right. Now, let me bitch about the league pass rankings. <laughs> okay. I mean, these are fun. The, the rankings don't matter as much as they're fun. It's about the writing that Tyler Parker has there. I agree. I love Tyler Parker. He's and very In fact, funny. I'm going to buy his book. I'm going to buy two copies of his book because I like him. Oh, that's nice. Bull Bull is way too low. Oh, I agree. Number nine, there's no way Bull Bull should be that low right now. He does the freakiest he stuff He is the a league pass Gem, and you uh, you yeah. also have to take into account you get to see Paolo, you get to see Franz, you get to see these other guys, but just it's it's unlike anything you could watch, truly. Yeah, and they're not a piece of crap lately. Like they win games recently, and fun watch. Okay, other one, Jokic is too low. He's too low to me. Jokic is too low because he is a marvel to watch. I love, love Giannis. I love it. Giannis is laying it up, dunking an occasional shot. The dunks aren't particularly spectacular and he's shooting free throw. Giannis is not more fun to watch than Jokic. I agree with you. Aesthetically. Jokic makes those, he's just not. Those Jokic makes those passes where you're like, there's nobody in the world who can I love even think to do that. But you can't yeah, believe. I love Giannis too. You can't and, believe. And, and he's very fun to watch. And the other thing is, Giannis is on TV every damn night. Like, literally. He's like CSI. Whereas, whereas Denver, whereas Denver's, never. you know, RSN, you can't even find him. They're never on which TV. Which is a whole other issue. No, they're yeah. never on. You got to seek him yeah, that, out. That, that's, a, that's a great point. For, with the Consumer League Pass, yeah. you can't watch the national TV games on League Pass. So, therefore, Giannis should be penalized. Maybe we need a new category. He has razzle-dazzle, vibes, and ruckus. Maybe we need, like, a really plain Jane 
like accessibility. <laughs> I mean, Where, like the players who are never on national TV, like Bowl Bowl, get a bump, right? You can watch. You can watch Giannis play every night. Literally, look at us creating <laughs> content here. We're we're yeah. talking the playoff the playoff player rankings. We have a new category for Tyler Parker to consider. In everybody's the new one here. Everybody's got to go look at these on the on the, on the Ringer because they're fun. They're fun. It's yeah, always impossible fun. to rank this stuff, but it's fun to debate it. Okay, look. Tell, tell me this, Chris. One quick question for you. We have a top 100 right there. Would you be interested like in a top 300? No. Why not? Because it already got bleak at 100. Like at that point, I'm like down the list and I'm like, Kelly Olenek's one of the top 100 players in the NBA? No, he's not. Oh, he shouldn't okay. be. <laughs> he shouldn't be. But, but that's he's on a whole the list. different issue. Yeah. He's on the list. Um, yeah, he's on the. I, yeah, I know he is. I, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think he's one of the top. You didn't vote him. Oh, no, I didn't vote him. But no, I think I think I don't know. I, to me, like here's the way I look at it. Let's say we had 300, right? Okay. And let's say it's Desmond Bain's rookie year, right? He's at 285 or whatever, right? And you see him slowly climb up the rankings. Well, as a Grizzlies fan, you're getting excited over the course of the year. And then, like, he makes a leap his sophomore year. He jumps into the, you know, top 150. I just think it would be cool to track that progress over the course of time. Never mind, like, the astronomical rises like Luca. If we had Luca on there, he's at whatever, 120. And then he's suddenly at 90. And then he's at 60. And then he's 30. And then he's 5. I I just, I don't know. To me, that would be really dope if that history were tracked for, for everybody. Hey, no, I like your idea. I like this. But what I would tell you is you don't have to go to over 100. And in fact, you could even, if, if you just do it at 100. Look, if, if you guys have Kelly and this boring. same thing. We, we, should, no, no, no. we should do it all. No, yeah. but then do the stock up, stock down signs next to them. I, I you think know what we saying? might do that. I'm, as not, I'm they, not sure. As they move up and down, I'm saying through the year. Right, do every two weeks. But if we do a hundred, though, like why should we penalize? Like I don't know. Like if Cam Johnson falls out of the top one hundred from ninety two to to one hundred seven, why should mm-hmm. there be no Cam Johnson profile? Like that, you know, there should be a Cam Johnson. Now, but you put it. No, you get a profile if you're a if you're a top one hundred player. If you ain't better than Kelly Olynyk, you don't get a profile. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a totally reasonable point of view. And look, there's one player, I'm going to let you guess. There's one player that's not in those league pass rankings that I routinely seek out on league pass. And I thought it was outrageous that he's not on there. On the league pass rankings. Yes. Oh, oh, sorry. I mentioned. I thought you mentioned because there's, there's great players on there, right? It's obviously yeah. got Zion. It's got Morant. It's got yeah. Luca. It's got Jokic. It's got Giannis. I, I don't know. It's got those. I guys. I'm not good at guessing games, but it like even this. gets down to like. It, it, <laughs> I mean, come on, like Bones Highland and OG and Anobi and like these guys that literally nobody has Tyler ever likes watching. I, I get it, but nobody has ever turned on a game to watch those guys. Stop. All right. All right. I like so, so who, who's the guy on your list? Who's the guy? Where in the hell is Lillard? Oh, that's a good one, yeah. That is ridiculous. Do you know how many times I have, over the last five years, 
do you know, or 10 years, do you know how many times I have turned on League Pass at night because I've seen people saying, oh yeah. my God, Dane's doing it or Dane time You're or right. whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Damian Lillard but, but is never a... <laughs> electric. You've never, you've never seen the king of league pass in my house, probably. You, you've 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 never seen like Darius time, Darius Garland time, stop OG time, OG time. <laughs> I like the OG bones time. time, bones time. Yeah, bones Highlands on there, and Lillard's not. <laughs> what? And then there's the young yeah, fun guys fair. like Lamelo and Jalen Green. I seek those guys out to watch them. Yeah. I mean, he's got some young guys. Benedict Matherin's on there, I believe. Oh, come on. You think people watch Benedict Mather more than LaMelo? Well, Tyler, it's Tyler's I list. get it. I get it. I mean, he doesn't have Damian maybe, Lillard maybe, on there. Maybe what we need is voters on the league pass rankings as well. Tyler's blurbs with his hilarious writing with voters. It's just the players that are like... I, We're I, taking this incredibly serious. I say this as someone who is a league pass aficionado. Me and my son are watching League Pass yeah. literally every night, yeah. flipping from game to game. And I cannot tell you, I would say that Dame would be right there at the very top of the list of guys that we have flipped over to watch, especially like fourth you. quarters. And, and by the way, Dame also probably a little too low on the top 100 too at 18. Little too low. Yeah. Too low on league pass. Too when low he's been on all, He's been like, awesome recently. Yeah, it's been so cool to watch. Si by the way, one guy Simon's who's really too. low. Simon's at 59 behind Fred Van Vliet, who, I mean, I like Van Vliet. Simon's, Simon's was averaging like 30 without Dame. It that is weird. Like, again, that's, that, and that's, the, that's the fool's errand of doing the rankings. It's like, it's what so are tough. we, are we doing now? Are we doing they get credit for what we know they can be if they do get right, you know? Because there I ain't no way. I mean, I watched projection. Chris Middleton shoot 8% last night from the field. Eight. All right. Yeah, he hasn't been good. If you, if you put somebody in the, if you, if you set somebody in that game and you say, that guy's one of the best 40 players in the NBA, they'd be like, what are you talking about? This league stinks. During our discussions with the rankings, someone brought up, well, how do we have Middleton at 26 and Kawhi at 30 if we're giving those cries credit? And I mean, I, I, I personally, I, I tend to favor like recent play, but also projection. Kawhi just doesn't look like he has the same burst. Yeah. Like, so it's like for me, I probably had him lower than some of my coworkers did. Interesting. But like, it's. It's fun to it's fun to debate and it's fun to look at. And then and then if he regains it, like to me, that's like I think that's the fun of it. Let, let's say we had Kawhi at eighty right now, right? And then he regains it over the course of the season. We could update it after any game. Like if Kawhi has four straight games where he's looking like Kawhi Leonard that we saw against Utah in the playoffs, okay, then let's just move him up to forty and then thirty and then twenty and then fifteen. Like screw it. Like we can update it any time. That's why I like. I love that list. This list that's different than like we debate the ESPN and SI preseason rankings, which are really fun and a lot of great work goes into that. I'm stoked about this because like five years ago we were flirting with this idea, doing rankings of all the NBA players, and we like now we're in a position with the Ringer. We do all these guides, all these rankings, right? We do the NBA draft guide, the NFL draft guide, the fantasy football rankings. We have top 100 LA rap songs rankings. 
on the site today as well by Justin Sales. Like we have so many guides out there now. We're in a position to do this. So it's so cool that we're going to have this living list at NBA rankings at the ringer.com. Uh, and like, I'm just fired up about because it. it was five years ago. It was like me, Bill, Julianne, a bunch of like some of Chris Ryan, others that were like flirting with the idea. And now it's actually here. And it's just I the coolest it. thing. And, and also the Bill Simmons trade value rankings. Oh, no, don't, 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 don't. Coming soon. Coming don't. soon. Don't. Coming soon. No. Coming soon. I already, I already fired off my text to him. I couldn't take it. I yeah. couldn't take it. Oh, you got to you, you get a preview? You no. got a preview of him? He did the pod. Him and House, he went through it. So oh, I had to okay. listen yeah, to okay. this. Okay, yes. I had to listen oh, to yeah. this. Oh, well, yeah, this is the one a little while ago, right? The Monday, Monday. Oh, okay. I didn't, he, I didn't listen on Monday. He no. did his... Tra- <laughs> he, or no, Tuesday's pod. Listen, he did, a, he did okay. his trade value list. He did them all. And then bounced them all off of House to try to get oh, okay. responses. Okay? Oh, so he did it on the pod. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear this week. No. And he listed them all. And he's got, like, Evan Mobley at, like, 14. Way too high. And I will tell you. Mobley's really good, but like he's he needs to figure it out like as a scorer, too. I'll tell you personally. This is what I said to him. This is, so finally, he got me. He got me. I couldn't take it. I said, hold on now. So you want, you think Evan Mobley can be a guy that could get you 20 points, grab you six, seven, eight rebounds, anchor the best defense in the league, and also hit threes. Right? I said, well, you want Evan Mobley to become Jaron Jackson Jr. I hope he gets there. (laughs) He's got Jaron Jackson at like 50-something, 60-something, and literally described. (laughs) The the, the Grizzlies' defensive rating with Jackson on the floor is 101. That is five points better than the best team in the league. He has been utterly dominant defensively. And I was mortified. Mo- and Mo- mortified. Mobley is really good. He's really He's good. Awesome. It's just he, he it's just the scoring has not developed outside of, you know, the paint yet. That's all. I would just love to see it develop before I put him that high in my rankings, whether it's 43 on our top one hundred or yeah. Bill having him at 13, 14. That's way too high. He loves Mo. Loves yeah, Mobley's awesome defensively. I, yeah, I love him too. Here. He's great. Love, it's just, you know, we're, we're debating like whether a guy's, you know, 14 or what, 25, 30, wherever he should be. Yeah, I think he thinks he's going to be KG. Like, that's what he thinks. And I just don't see I don't that. know about that. KG no. was no. It's, another level. Come on. I mean, K- KG was not only a different, dominant different defensive breed, player. Different breed, but, yeah, man. But, but, but offensively, like that dude did whatever he wanted as well. Different breed. He he had yeah. a, a different. He's a killer. KG in Minnesota, like he, that guy's averaging 23, oh. 24 points per game and like five or six assists. He's running the offense as well. Outrageous. Outrageous. My, my first basketball game I ever went to was a Celtics Wolves game in like nineteen ninety nine, and I I fell in love with Kevin Garnett as a player. Oh, I bet. I I, I, bet. I loved him in Minnesota. He he was my like pre league pass guy that I loved to watch whenever he was on TV. You're going to love this. This is how old I am. I went to Kevin Garnett's McDonald's All-American game. Oh, yeah. It was in St. Louis. That McDonald's All-American game is one of the greatest games ever. Go look at it. It's like Chauncey Billups, Vince Carter, Antoine Walker, 
Kevin Garnett, um, Ron Mercer. There's a million guys. It's like, I think 95, 95 McDonald's All-Star game. And I mean, there's like Hall of Famers that were in that game. Uh, but Garnett was, you know, there was already buzz about him going straight to the league at that point. And then you saw him and you're like, yeah, okay, this guy, this guy could go straight to the league. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I mean, he hadn't seen anything like him yeah. really at that time. Nothing still happened. Really like him. Yeah, I know. Still haven't because it's not just the style of play. Like you can say Mobley will perform like Garnett, but he won't act like Garnett. No like Garnett's persona, the screaming, the yelling, and the intensity, and the big smiles, right? Like, he's just always Dude. on. I I love Garnett. Do you know, uh, this will wrap up the pod. We started off by giving, I told you about that Steven Adams cock and balls thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The other one was, I saw an old clip when he was playing for the Thunder where they asked him about Kevin Garnett. And about him screaming at him. Okay. And so how did you, how did you deal with the trash talk? And he said, when I was young in the league, Garnett started like woofing like that. And I did the, I, he pointed at his ear. Like, I can't, I can't, (laughs) I'm foreign. I can't understand you. And he's like, and then he says, stop. He just figured I couldn't understand him. He's all str- He's from New Zealand. He acted like he- <laughs> he's like I don't I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. That's amazing. He's calling him an FNP and all this stuff. I, I don't I don't understand. I, I just acted like I couldn't understand him, <laughs> and so he stopped. You can't yell at a guy and he doesn't know what you're saying, right? <laughs> and then I, I, I hope K, KG gets asked about that someday, his side of the story. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right. Thank so you to good. our uh, executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. Uh, Kevin, I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy your weekend. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.